It is not. What's the matter? We didn't record any of that. <laughs> Are you serious? The podcast is starting right now. Yeah, we just started it. Welcome to Quantum <laughs> Bombs, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Well, we, got well, we got warmed up. Well, we're only up. 20 minutes in. God dang it. Oh, that's uh, a that's start the, off with a good bomb. That is a perfect Quantum intro. Bomb. Welcome, everybody, to our very first podcast. On today's episodes, we are going to go over... Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, a documentary that explores the top secret world of our government's involvement in the research into aliens and their existence. But wait, it's not your normal UFO documentary. This one takes a twist when it explores the science of consciousness, and it shows you a group of organized people who gather together in meditation circles who are able to summon the aliens and communicate with them. What is their message and what what do they want us to know? We'll discuss it in the podcast. We then pose the question, if aliens aren't enough to scare people into 1984's Orwellian ways, then what would be? That leads us into the discussion of the Ukraine war and the military industrial complex, which may or may not even be constitutional, which lastly, we then discuss how our second amendment was worded. All coming up on today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Let's jump into it. Oh yes. I just, we just spoke for 20 minutes without recording sound. It's the perfect yeah. takeoff. For I actually, podcast. I actually wanted to propose an idea that, uh, links the origins of Bitcoin to aliens, and it wouldn't be make any sense in context now that we don't have everything that we had just said. This time we'll give a better context to, to the documentary. This past weekend, Beth uh, introduced me, not it would, had been told to her by Russell, a friend of hers. <laughs> <laughs> Russell's my brother. Keep going. Um, Russell gets the credit for this. Uh, well, anyway, it was... Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And there's tons of alien stuff out there, but I sat down. It was a two-hour documentary. I guess you call it a documentary. Free on YouTube. Don't pay for it. Don't, it's free. Don't it's pay. out there. You might have to watch a commercial. But uh, I, I just found it fascinating. And I think uh, what we had said was almost no one denies that aliens exist, but this documentary kind of gave them a relevance to us, which I liked. Well, for those that don't yeah, know, it's please. worth pointing out that the pe- the Pentagon now admits that there are uh, I don't, what what terms do they use? Well, UFOs, I, they went pretty far. So off world aircraft, other something craft like that, not of this yeah, world. So and then they went off the chain and said that people are getting burned by radiation and getting pregnant from. Uh, oh aliens. God! Yeah, I, I forgot about that. that. The pregnant thing. Yeah, tinfoil hat not required. Like we can talk about aliens now. Getting you well, knocked up. But yeah. it was interesting because after I watched this documentary, just just for the yeah, do you really think just for bad. fun, I went and watched Contact. Remember the old Jodie Foster movie Contact? Yeah, and it had the they sent down the information, and you got the the earthy crunchies who are looking for them are all thrilled, but then there's the guy from the Department of Defense who's all about you know don't what what if they're here to take us over? What if this thing we're building is going to destroy us? So there's always going to be that that element oh, of yeah. Of, Social well, conditioning? Well, yeah. I mean, most people are going, wait, these are our friends. Let's communicate with them. Meanwhile, those in power are going to want to make them a threat. Now, now I don't want to join that side, but, but there is a thread throughout all of existence. I mean, how did it work out for the natives when we showed up on boats? Uh, and Stephen Hawking made a good point. That's projection, he, man. Oh, projection. <laughs> that is well, projection. It's humanity. Proje- you're, you're, you think they're going to behave like us. No, I, I, I know, certainly I know. hope not. I, so I'm starting there. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm starting there because that's what I know. I like to start with, okay, well, I know this, and then work out. And then sometimes you're like, well, that's not the same. But uh, Stephen Hawking did say uh, he didn't think that it would be too smart to put a beacon out there in like kind of like a little – like a shiner, if you go fishing, mm-hmm. you pull it through the night, you know, in the water, it's beacon, and then a big old bass comes up. There's probably a lot of friendly fish that watch that go by, but <laughs> eventually a bass eats that thing. Uh, I'm not on that side. I'm just saying for discussion purposes, it, 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 let's say there are aliens, okay? And oh. the Pentagon says, hey, there's aliens. Uh, and let's say you are just waking up to this in life. You got the news and every movie, well, not every movie, but most movies you've seen, aliens are scary, which is, yeah. they talk about this in the, the thing that's programmed, right? They do it on purpose uh, to scare you. So you've got that, and then you got people telling you, hey, they're, they're friendly. And you got to, like, make up your mind because mm-hmm. either you can communicate with these things and be friends with them, or you're, you're like, 
joining the resistance. Yeah. It's weird. I think people are quickly, it's going to be like the same with, honestly, hate to put everybody, oh, well, we all do it, stereotype and put each other in a box. It's just going to be the same as COVID. People <laughs> that live with fear-based during that are going to be fear-based of the aliens. Maybe a little bit of layover. But I like to bring things into context. The documentary is not a normal UFO alien documentary. It's, I think, it, honestly, actually, on a friend of mine that's also a producer like myself, I was completely like annoyed with the way it was produced because there was no organizational to it. But if I had to try to put a structure to it to explain to you what it's about, it's not your normal UFO documentary. It first goes through the government's involvement and how they've hired these guys throughout the years. And they basically took all their data that they've reported back over 30 decades to all the major governments and flip-flopped it. Oh, the aliens are bad and they want to like invade us or I don't know, all these weird stories that you've heard. But really, the data they're providing is we are able to communicate with them. We've learned how they're completely peaceful. They're way, you know, they're interdimensional beings that they're they're photographing and seeing. Then it goes and switches into the part that kind of changes the documentary, not what you expect, but goes over everything that we are starting to learn now about quantum physics and consciousness and the science of consciousness, even down to the point that a lot of people talk about this, like in prayer groups and meditation groups. Once you change 1% of uh, whether it's a population or even an organism or any type of collective being, it has a shift. And they're telling you this because at the end of the documentary, the third part goes into organized groups, social groups, which you can download the app even, that meditate together to call the aliens who then show up and communicate with them. And in even one rare, rare case, They've healed them, and then also, most importantly, my favorite part of the whole documentary is the end sentence, which is like millions across the world for X amount of years now have successfully uh, had the meditation groups commune with them, and not one single human has ever been harmed. And, of course, the point of the documentary is to let you know that the government's narrative is that they're dangerous and bad and fear, fear, fear. And I guess this goes back to the original point of why we're talking about this, which is Matt said, well... June 2020, when we were three months into COVID, the Pentagon let out the obvious, like, okay, there are now aliens and crafts not of this world. And then recently it goes back to the even weirder things that they've been saying. So yeah. the government says aliens are real. No one cares. That's I think it's so because wild. we're in an information well, they, age. But don't, so they say they're real, but a potential threat as well. Which is which, which should increase their budget. As opposed to if space they're not. force, we gotta have a space force. Yeah, well, so have they said they're a threat? Are they just that's the narrative? That is absolutely the the narrative that they want to establish. Yeah, yeah, which is sad They've, because uh, they they I said potential. They you know they're not they're a threat. They're a potential threat. Like, so we don't know what they are, but they definitely are a potential threat. Well, they are a potential threat. I mean, oh, but you have to put them okay. I mean, but they right. might heal my, my catheter problem too, though. Bro. So I think we should commune with. Them. I, well, well, hang on, but like, how could we ever think that something has the ability to get here to our solar system? And then we have any chance of defeating it if they wanted to, like, cause us harm. Like, we have, there's, if they have the technology to get here, they could just destroy everything if they wanted to. So, like, I don't see the idea, like, this idea that we're going to, like, defend ourselves, like, or develop technologies to defend ourselves. Like, they've gotten us beat already. Well, yes, but then then, then also the documentary talked about how they have asked us to stop doing X, Y, and Z because it interferes with, with what they're doing. I mean, we do apparently have some uh, and even they even said that we call them down, but yet every time they show up, it's, it's a danger to them because we obviously yeah. must have some, well, some threat to and them. And they showed that footage of us shooting those missiles at them and it dodged it. So an, one other thing Rex had said, I think what we misrecorded is that they brought it it brought you hope and yeah i mean the, the whole point of the documentary because we're just talking about the destruction and going to war with them again was that they actually are completely peaceful i mentioned earlier that i think they're our ancestors our grandma and grandpa's just their astral bodies of light that are coming to visit us but yeah i mean they mean no harm and th- i guess my encouraging you to go watch it is that it's the the whole point of the message is that they're actually, in a weird way, either going to save the world through a higher level of consciousness of love and joy that we tend to forget that we have the ability to do, or it even roped in it's the part of the second coming of Jesus, uh, right? I mean, it did mention that. Well, I think they Which, were saying that the warmongers were saying, we're going to force the second coming of yeah. Christ. I think that's what they said. I, I want to go back and address one thing, uh, if yeah. I may. The, the whole sure. thing about the movies, I don't think it's been like an agenda to program us to think aliens are hostile. I think that just makes a better movie plot. 
Yeah, you know, oh, the, sure. the, 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 because again, you go to Star Trek, which has been exact. Actually, you know, there's always conflict, but it's all about. I mean, on the ship, there's all the aliens that are working together and the Federation. There are there's there's peaceful depictions, but I think again, wouldn't you what, love to work at Star Trek's <laughs> Human Resources? <laughs> so if you had to just fax your resume too. Pick the biggest reason. Pick the biggest reason we don't care that aliens are real, like why the world didn't do anything in June 2020 when we said they're real. Why, we why numb or what? This is the biggest so story my, ever. My numb or guess, we'd already... F- go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay, because I just want to make make it quick each. But my one guess is that we're in an information overload, so no one's paying attention to anything anymore. Or, no or they're living no in a bubble, or a confirmation no bubble. Everyone's doing their own, like, you know, they're listening... Uh, what is it called? Uh, echo chamber? Yeah, they're listening to their echo chamber. But I, So one of you guys said that there's a video of us shooting a missile at the... She, yeah. she said it, video. and I saw the video, okay. and I, I wanted to bring that up, so you go ahead first. Well, okay, what. so, I mean, just the first thing I thought of is there... I, I had to look it up. There's a, a island, a North Sentinel Island called Sentinelese. Anyway, it's uncontacted tribe, and th- I, I've seen videos of people that are, like, tr- on a boat trying to get there, and they're just, like, arrows whizzing by them. So but no one's ever established. Modern civilization has not established contact with these people. And so uh, these people just, like, shooting arrows at outsiders just reminds me, well, that's just humanity as a whole to the <laughs> yeah, aliens but. shooting missiles. <laughs> we're like, hey, can we talk? In the, and we're just shooting missiles at all these Air, you know these uh, yeah. UFOs or whatever. So they're basically humanity's the same whether they're on a tiny island or a, like modern technology. Well, yeah, we, as you got intelligent, you're like want to say hi, but you're being shot at. But yet we're supposedly doing that. Yeah. Well, I've always said Shakespeare is relevant because human nature hasn't changed in 400 years, and the Bible's relevant because human nature hasn't changed in 4,000 years. So we yeah. just why 4,000? Because that's when the Old Testament was written. Okay. Because. You know, to the 2000. All right, New Testament 2000, well, Old Testament 4000. Okay, that's more of a Jewish angle, right? Well, it's a Jewish book. Well, the New Testament. <laughs> it was written by Jews. The New Testament? I thought they thought Jesus was a fraud. He was Jewish. Matthew, was, Mark, but Matthew ever, Mark, Luke, and John, they were all Jews. Well, then what's the difference between uh, your Christians that follow Jesus yeah. and the Jews? Well, no, I'm not saying it follows that the Jews don't accept the Bible, but it was still written by Jews. Uh, okay. The yeah, New that, Testament yeah, was? That's definitely sure. another podcast. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we went from aliens to yeah. who wrote the Bible. So, so uh, I, I wanted to uh, so, Rex, say could something. Could you kindly safely stand up and just check that it's recording? And okay. It's <laughs> yeah. That's kind of important. We don't so have a We've got 20 minutes am, of just Russell and I'm, me. Well, I'm the, playing The audio is the more important part anyway. Suck my arm. 33 minutes. Perfect. Oh, okay. okay. Keep that. Sorry. What so were you going to say? in this video on the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, they show... The part you're talking about, where you see this object, it's it's night sky. There's an object floating across, and then it like turns and jets back the other way, and there's a streak that goes by. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as a guy that a shoots ordnance, yeah, rockets, bombs, blows things up. Um, that looks more. Have you ever seen the deep sea footage when they're looking for a squid, and there's like these little floaters on the screen, little things zip by, and, and stuff like that. When if you look at that really close, and and I just I don't want to be in an echo chamber here where we all say, oh yeah, that, that show was everything about it was right. Uh, if you see that little thing floating across there, it turns before the little deal zips and shoots back across and actually goes into the trajectory. If it had just kept going straight, it was going to miss that thing anyway. I've seen this video. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, it looks like it looks like okay, you're shooting at me, you're gonna miss me, but I'm gonna run back like a squirrel. I'm gonna run back across the road real oh, quick okay. so you can miss me that way. So maybe the aliens are indecisive, uh, or maybe it wasn't aliens in that video. Maybe that wasn't the best thing to bring up because here's what gets me. this happens yeah, all the time some other when you see a truth. Object. Okay, mm-hmm. you see something that's true. If you don't present that exactly the best way you can, and you try to build it up with a little bit of fuzzy information on the side and people see that and catch it, even though what you're saying is true, they begin to like hogwash. Yeah, okay, if this is yes. false, what uh, yeah. else is? So I'm, sure. Thank you, Devil's Advocate. So much of that right now. No. No. Everyone's got their angle. But Devil's Advocate is great. I mean, I always say I believe everything and nothing. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, I mean, all the subjects you bring up too, I will not discount the idea that we're talking to demons thank here. You, thank you, Rex. It helps. 
I do love that you're so open when I talk to you about everything. Well, no, absolutely, because who am I to say no? Because and 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 also, but I'm also going to say. I mean, you you talk about the ridiculous. These, these aliens are here to be peaceful, but the people are going to say the fanatics are going to say, "Oh, you're talking to demons." You could be. I mean, but don't discount it completely. It, as improbable yeah. as that may oh, seem. Oh no, I'm totally with you on that because again, going back to my idea of a demon, it's so subjective to could be. Honestly, the same thing almost as an angel. I mean, just a vibration away from evil and good. I mean, there is evil. As yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, always like say, because I always say. Evil vibrates one way, good vibrates one way. Yeah. Hey, they may be having a bad day. Well, I mean, because we're talking about these old aliens, they may be, people have, have, you know, ancient aliens, there's all shows about them, that they may be what people were describing when they talked about angels and whatnot. Oh, but. yeah, they talk about that all the time. I think I had a friend said, yeah, I quit watching that when they said that aliens were uh, rustling up the dinosaurs. Like cowboys were rustling. The they, they were saying that the aliens were coming in and like roping dinosaurs, <laughs> pulling them up in a ship. That, he said that's when he turned it off. Really? Oh well. Yeah. Well, but, they got eight million seasons. They got to come up with something. Yeah, right. Like the Bigfoot. Eventually, they're going <laughs> to say, seasons "Hey, uh, Bob, you got to. It's time to put the suit on, make an appearance." <laughs> no. So I mean, and we had a TV show, so we saw the background of what goes on sometimes, and, and you know. They do put the suit on once in a while. But I wanted to say, uh, before we get too far speculation, and because I think, you know. Yeah, rope us back to the fluffy tots that are supportive of aliens. Well, we weren't recording earlier. So oh. I wanted to get back to the structure we had, which was let's look at some facts and then you also extrapolate out. You, you talked about uh, lots of planets. Mm -hmm. We know that's true. And by the sheer number of them. There has to be something out there that is like Earth. But then we also have to be open to the fact there could be life forms that don't require these conditions to live, okay? So, and that's open for discussion, but that's a fact. There's a lot of planets, a lot of solar systems out there. We can look and see it, okay? And then the other thing was we were going to go around and talk about weird stuff we've seen, but apparently I'm the only one here that has, you don't have a story of seeing something no, weird. Not a significant one. No. But I want to say that your underlying assumption is that uh, the origins of life, like even if you evolve from a microorganism, like even starting a microorganism is a mystery. So like your creationalists are going to, would, would have a, a pretty good argument against like, even if there's like you assume an, an infinite supply of planets there's still like has to answer the question: How do you start? Oh yeah, the, I, and the seed of life. And, and I'm trying to find the bottom line here, right? There's a lot of planets out there. Is that true? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. But where does it come from? I'm in agreement. I actually think that it's this interdimensional deal, and it's not at all like just a pile of goo and lightning happens to strike it, and then it happens to take this form. I, yeah, I, I don't buy that. Yeah. But but I'm just saying we can all agree there's a lot of planets out there. There's a lot of places. But isn't it funny? that one of the topics on this is who cares how many planets there are. They're interdimensional. And they're so ever-changing. They're all over the, the place. The, yeah, and then, it, again, going back to believing it's the astral heavens and then there's the causal heavens, it's all a, a creative idea matrix. So you could manifest and create a planet. You could. Okay, so. Thought. And, 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 and these realms and, you know, realms where time is different, everything. So, yes, I'm 100% with you on that. But what I wanted to go back to was the, the stories of seeing things. Everybody likes a story of seeing somebody. I don't know. That, I felt like I saw plenty on that close encounter film. I was like, seen one, you've seen them all. Well, I'm, I'm talking ahead. about us. I mean, when you can sit here and see somebody that you talk to every day, and they're like, yeah, I saw this, that, that changes things. And basically, out here on the farm, not, not far not from. Not out here. We're in a flying dirigible over New York City right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. But back home, back home on, on the, the farm, farm. <laughs> about 1988 when I was a kid. We were uh, having parties at the creek, about 70 people. And it was about 11 o'clock, midnight, something like that. And somebody says, hey, there's something out in the field out there. What, what so, was that? So sorry. Keep going. You were censoring me. No, I didn't Government mean to. worker. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we all drive out into the pasture. And about 200 feet up in the air is this, uh, looked like about three, four orbs really close together, changing colors. Like pulsating blue, reds, yellow, and uh, yeah, your, your sounds are great. So we were all standing there asking, you know, what is this? And of course, at that time, I'm I'm a kid, but I vividly remember this. So we couldn't see a lot of detail in it, and it just sat there. We all drove out. There's probably I don't know eight, nine, ten of us out there in this pasture underneath this thing, looking straight up. We don't feel anything. No wind blowing. We don't hear any sound. It's not a, a balloon floating. It is holding still in the sky. 
just changing colors. And, and you know, with like three, four orbs, like really close together, like it, it seemed like we were underneath this round object that had these flashing lights under it, but just sitting there. And then you fast forward to uh, my time out in West Texas. My dad is unloading stuff out of our Quonset hut out there in the desert. And we're about 25 miles north of Terlingua, Texas. So we're out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, great Milky Milky Way is out and everything. And Dad gets out and he goes, wait, what, what is this thing out here? It's moving. And I come here and look at this. And you start thinking, well, it's probably a drone because it's behaving like a drone. You know how a drone would, yeah. would, would kind of move up and then hover a little bit and then move? Well, it was doing crazy stuff and changing colors. So happened to have a uh, spotting scope. We're out there doing long-range shooting. My scope set it up. We looked through there, and it looked like blinking lights, like it was a drone. But it stayed up forever. And, in fact, it came up many nights later. And we would we would look at it through this thing. And uh, on the, the one particular night where we were really looking at it close, he set up his tripod, and he gets his camera out, and zooms in on this thing, and he takes a 30-second exposure you would see a little tail behind the stars in the background but this thing was berserk all over the place so you know what i'm saying by a tail if you take a long exposure picture and you move any bit it causes a, a tail a smear the stars in the background had a tiny little tail but the object we were looking at clearly was not one object but about four or five and all over the place and maybe maybe there's some way you can throw this picture up later but what what that was, I have no explanation for, and I have seen the lights, what they call Marfa lights. And, you know, that that's so common that the state put up a viewing area for people to go out and watch them. I do think it's important you say your ranch is two hundred mo- no, well, it's an hour's drive from Marfa, and it's, so it's like prime, a night prime for like alien viewing, light viewing, stuff like that. It's a dark sky. It's actually designated a dark sky area. Yeah, third darkest in Texas or the United States. I don't know. I can't remember. Well, you should. So we should have an event, a CE5 event organized out there. I would love it. And Empresario Camp can host up to 16 people. I think you should do like uh, Russell's native people on the island. The next time you see it, shoot at it and see what happens. (laughs) So I thought about loading up the 50 cal, putting some tracer (laughs) in it. You know, I was just, yeah, okay. But I'm pretty sure it would miss it. Real human. Hey, we're human. You didn't even have to go into your heart and... Send love to the aliens that are going to visit you well, there. Ju- it, in the desert, they're not discriminative. They're like, hey, you know, I'll just <laughs> no, come down to anybody. He just walks around in coherence. Yeah, that's Matt it. is high vibrational guy. You guys I, will I, get I, to know him. You'll feel it. He's a manifester. Oh, thank you. But if you come out there, uh, you, you you almost guaranteed to see this thing. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what it is. It's not a planet. It's not a star. Oh, and that's the other thing. We have the little app on the phone. I'm going to talk to it. You know the little app that shows the stars and plays that really sweet music? Yeah. Well, Sky View or something? Now we yeah, know Sky it can View. heal whatever ails you, so... Maybe well, that's why it's showing your up. catheter thing. Yeah, I can't pee, so I need to pee, boys. But it did not show up on that. that you got to talk to it that little. Well, I'll, I'll try that next time. I'm like, hey, buddy. First, got to finish the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, first. yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, and guys, so hold on. I do want to say, on that app, and we're going to get back to this, on that, there's an app you can download, and then you can contact local people around you that also want to meditate and commune with the aliens. And when I mean commune, meaning like first they fly down and you see them and then they, what I love, which is most personal, which we all would do is in the event that you do get the alien to show up, this little light orb or whatever, you immediately go back to fear and social programming. Very natural. It's exactly what I would do. And they told you to do exactly what I was thinking, what you should do, which is, all right, I need your help. I'm a little bit scared of you. Help me you know, not be scared. And then you feel the resonance of, of peace coming over. And then you actually get to talk to them about what's important. Matt, on that hand, then should bring up his spina bifida and how if I don't he doesn't want it. to use a catheter well, anymore. For those, if the aliens would leave, they'd be like, is there sure? Are you sure there's nothing you want those, us to fix? Yeah, I'd be like, I can't good. think of anything. For I've those, everything I need. For those that don't know, the app is called CE5 Contact by Dr. Stephen Greer. And uh, on that app, it has... Uh, a community you can plug into to meet other like-minded folks and instructions on exactly how to do, how to summon the, uh, the ETs. And, and thank you, Russell. That was very professional. And we're going to, we're going to get better and better as we go. Um, and by the way, Dr. Greer's uh, Joe Rogan episode was never uploaded to Spotify. I wonder why. 
He did. He he's, he did he one episode three thir- thirty thirty well, thirty nine or three hundred and thirty nine. Yeah, but when but he it's got not on they nuked a ton of episodes yeah, when he, he did. He was the, one of the forty that they didn't yeah, take over. So what what is the criteria to get censored from Spotify? Why do they pull those? Um, if you vote Government Trump, no. <laughs> well, then Rogan would be gone. <laughs> Well, no, he. I don't think he. No, stop. I mean, well, that was sarcasm, but no, but like sarcastic. This is yeah. back to the facts, like the many planets. Okay, it's there a fact is, that there are episodes that have been censored and pulled. So look, why? The, the answer to your the answer to your question is if you disobey their terms, rules of service, or whatever, like, and they write those. If you actually read them, it's so vague. It's all up to interpretation. Like but there is no hate. Spe- there is no hate speech allowed on Spotify. So who decides hate speech? So can I, guess what? Can They're I, gonna tell you what hate speech is, and you're gonna find out when you when you get canceled. So I that's got, that's um, that's how it works. But that's that's not just Spotify. That's every perfect Web example 2 platform. of hate speech. I was running an ad for my YouTube channel. Go and check it out. It's Beth Hagendorf on YouTube for Mother Teresa's 15 Tips to Humility, and I've gotten it tagged for hate speech now five times. I even know the girl at the Google Ads. She's just like, I'm sorry, Beth, I watched you. I she didn't subscribe, the girl at Google Ads, but I'm like, yeah, it's obviously not hate speech, but so why? something Teresa? about humility is hateful. Why? Why did it well, get Well, obviously it's not. These are bots that censor oh, bots. this crap. If, okay. if you look... Oh. Yeah, community... Commu- same thing with Facebook. I'm big there, it, and um, same thing. Community it, standards. Oh, you violated them, what? They don't have to tell you. If you look back through history and study all of history, and you look at the examples when people were being censored, the people doing the censoring were always the good guys. <laughs> always. Oh, yeah. All the time. Okay. Sarcasm. So, well, I mean, since we brought that up, I mean, since watching them, we are so well set up. Even here, it doesn't have to be West Texas. To do, some, to do some small, even if it's just us, not reach out, but I mean, at, at the farm. What are you grinning at? I'm just looking at my life as a movie. And, <laughs> and now we're in the I desert am. in a lawn chair. I, I, I feel, well, no, I'm going to be at the lodge preparing the meal while you guys are out there because I feel like Cartman in South Park. I'm going to be counting my money. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, I I think there is something. Yeah, there, there's something to that. Um, but, I'm yeah, I'm looking at my life going, wow, here we are. We're in a bunker. On a podcast talking about aliens. How did I get here? <laughs> a dirigible. Well, blame the Pentagon. We wouldn't, you know, if it were, if you still had to have a tinfoil hat to talk about aliens, I don't think we'd be doing it. We probably would have avoided the topic or, you know, it's kind of like, eh. it, I mean, there's a, there's enough reason now to, we should be talking about it. Just oh, like you were. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. When it makes the news, when the Pentagon comes out and says what they said, because they're very careful what they let out. Trust sure. me. They're, they're watching those words. It's for a reason. To you know, say, yeah, we have a craft that is not of this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you brought up the Werner von Braun video from the 60s. Did you well, not? Werner von Braun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Werner. I'm saying Werner. You said Vander. No, I said Werner. Oh, Werner. Sorry. I might, you know, whatever. Nazi schmatzi said Werner von Braun. Yes. Yeah, he said that... Uh, they, the military-industrial complex was going to use the threat of aliens as their last attempt to conquer the sky. So it was, you know, in the beginning, it's like the people over the ocean. Russia. Th- then it was going to be terrorists. Then it was going to be uh, domestic terrorists. And then it was going to be an alien invasion that's imminent, and we need, we need to ramp up our, our military might. So they're laying the groundwork now. They're laying, well, yeah, according to this uh, video, they are. And if you look around, I mean, it all, you know, yeah, okay, I can see how that all plays out. Um, if you think about it, what would get everybody together? You know, it's like in this, let's say in this, in our community, we have people that are at odds with each other. But when it came time to go play the other town, everybody was on, you know, our team, right? Mm-hmm. So we have these little squabbles with these other countries. But if I wanted to control this entire planet, I would, it, it is, it's almost like what did Hitler do? We need a scapegoat. Uh, Will Smith and Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, everybody pulled together. Exactly, but of course they were hostile. I thankfully though with the aliens. Okay, so we split on COVID, obviously for good reasons, meaning like half and half, right? Or we all know why we're divided with COVID. Thankfully, after the CE five documentary, I see us being split with aliens. I'm definitely in the camp that's like, (laughs) I'm just gonna go be peaceful and meditate with them. You got good luck, guys, fighting them. That's all what happened. Well, uh, I, I, all right. Well, no, absolutely. There will be the COVID ones who are going to be like, no, you're going to kill us all by, by yeah, communing with the aliens. But, but yeah, it'll be just as divided. Yeah. That's why I'm just going so, to the desert and I'm pop popcorn and watch this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what? we got two cool things we're talking about right now. You brought up the military-industrial complex, but I do 
like this question will ongoingly come back to, which is obviously they need something big enough to make us to get the control, right? Like the, well, whoever, the New World Order, Bilderberg, whatever. There's so many names, Charles Schwab. They've got to get something. And also, you know, the vaccines didn't work either. You know, they they always have to have these billion-dollar things coming in, right? Yeah, and, I, and it's not going to. I, mean, I don't know what it could be that they're going to try to get everybody on board, but I just don't see it. Some working. big event, I know, a big event where think, people lose their lives, and they go, "It's because of them." I think a and better people freak out. A better uh, reason to have, uh, you know, a, a, a narrative about aliens is to have a distraction for when the fiat currency collapses. Well, for, I mean, if <clears throat> if you look back and realize that one hundred percent of fiat currencies have failed and gone to zero. It's going to work this time. <laughs> well, yeah. So so when when uh, when our currency is worthless or getting worthless, it, it's always a painful transition into the next monetary system. So uh, they can have, as this starts to happen, they can have the aliens to distract from, just like no one really noticed the transition out of COVID and into Russia-Ukraine. It was like, Overnight, they stopped talking about COVID. Uh, Anthony Fauci stopped coming on the news, and all we talked about was the war in Ukraine. People noticed, it just didn't get any coverage. I, yeah, I was so annoyed. Well, we didn't nuke what? anybody either, so is, is, hmm? is the war going on still? Are they, is there less coverage on the war? I mean, seems, I seems, well, well, man, I live in my own world, but I, I just feel like news. it went flat. It's like it's, nukes didn't fly on the first day, and we have a short attention span. Like, oh, we're, well, we're not nuking. Okay, move on. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what... I think what happened was they rolled in fast and hot, and I think they wanted to take it like the, they took Crimea. The, like, because they didn't fire a shot when they took Crimea. Right. And well, so when they rolled in like that, and then they, they got stopped and they actually fought back. And I think that maybe they didn't realize how, how many modern anti tank weapons the West has been supplying Ukraine with, and then how much more they were going to send them and how difficult it was going to be. So then the, to sure. save face, they withdrew from northern Kiev, and then now they're going back to the Donbass region, uh, and Russia is now claiming that that was what it was all about all along, rather than taking the entire country. Yeah, I'd and like a little background. This guy right here, Russell, oh, yeah. has been over there many times, right? Well, yeah. Russell lived there in Ukraine for a bit. Ladies are kind of pretty. <laughs> live like a king. When I went and visited him, Perfect example. Well, actually, also I've also spent a fair amount of time in Russia too, but yeah. you can't say that because you know, I might bad. be a domestic terrorist if you're if you've never been to Russia. Well, been there, yeah, <laughs> I was in Russia when it was the Soviet Union. Can you say that? Oh wow! I no, think I uh, God, I forgot my. Okay, so their average. This is 2017 when I visited Russell. There, the average income for a Ukrainian. Dang it! I forgot. I think it's 300. Eight or three hundred and forty dollars a month. I remember it was barely a gym membership for me in LA, <laughs> and and, and uh, yeah, which equated to like two or four thousand dollars a, a year. I just remember we went out to dinner. And Russell was living in a two bedroom house in the city center of Kiev. We went to dinner. We got probably drank two glasses each of red wine. Had full big old steaks. I have still the picture. Nine dollars, probably wow. included the tip. It's cheaper. Well, now. so so that was so, so the. The reason Ukraine, this was 2017, yeah. and a large part of the reason Ukraine was so cheap right then is because in 2014 is where they had that revolution. Yeah. And if you look at a chart of their currency, like through 2014, it just completely plummeted against the dollar. So everything kind of got cheap if you're geographical arbitraging by having an income in dollars and spending. In uh, Ukraine. Yeah. Very so smart. Define arbitraging for me. Arbitrage. arbitrage? Yes. Arbitraging. Um, so it's. That's not arbitrating. Arbitrating. Arbitrage. arbitrage. Geographical arbitrage. So I just use that word. So that's kind of. I don't a, know what it means, but I just used it. Arbitration. Well, well uh, so the arbitrage trade would be to buy something cheap over here and sell that same thing over here. And it's done a lot in um, like the modern electronic trading. In cryptocurrencies, uh, maybe not so much now, but let's say three years ago, especially in um, especially three years ago, like I, I had a buddy that was in um, in South Korea, and they had the situation where the cryptocurrencies were like ten percent higher there than they were in the rest of the world because they had some kind of like um, blockade. They had you know uh, so to get on the exchange, you basically had to be 
a proper citizen of Korea. So, but he was there and had a buddy that was there and he had access to the exchange. So I was sending him Ethereum and then he, he, so basically we were arbitrage trading in a way. So it's buy low, sell high. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I don't. Okay. Back not, in, in my day, it was jeans in Russia. I don't have the ability to define arbitrage for you because my, my, uh, Thinking brain went dead here. I know you see that's but, one of the problems oh. with having everything online. Yeah, it can, <laughs> use your fail. phone. But yeah. right. But anyway, uh, geographical arbitrage is uh, kind of what digital nomads do, and it's where they'll have their income and a strong currency, and they'll live in a place with a weaker currency relative to theirs. So it like that's you know, great. Yeah, a lot of the that's what idea. you're doing. You yeah. go over there and have My these nine dollar steaks. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's nine dollars so, yeah. for two yeah, steaks. Yeah, because she's because oh, she's wow. quoting the. The meal in dollars, I mean, obviously, I didn't pay dollars. I paid yeah, in green. Sure. So. I went to Argentina once, and I, I love that. Oh, was, inflation was paradise. A, uh, I still want to go there. Oh, no, it, well, it was a long time ago, but still, it was three to one. And, and yeah, wine and steak was 15 bucks, but still, it was a nice meal. Oh, I want to go. Steak. I, I always sorry, hear I'm about getting that. confused with Venezuela, because that's where oh, no, also we'll be leaving us <laughs> soon, and we'll have this technology where we're going to be phoning you in. But you're going to I think you're going to... Somewhere in South America next. I don't have, I don't have a flight book. You're right. Know. Sorry. He, he doesn't commit. I think we should do intros right now because um, I just want to make sure I catch it on camera. Okay. Yeah. Before it goes dead. Yeah. I don't have any uh, jingle music. Sorry. I'm in the middle of hiring an epic guy to, to put a jingle with Alan Watts, but I do have this for us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well. Bombs. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Better start welcome. again with the volume's welcome. up, though. Yeah. Podcast. Do it, do it again with the volume up. Well, it oh. takes two of us to run this. Quantum bomb. There we go. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> okay, so I want to introduce everybody first. We've got four of us here. Probably be on the show on and off quite a bit, all four of us. Um, you guys can edit and correct me after I'm done botching it, and even for myself. Because uh, I know you all wouldn't want to brag on yourselves. Okay, so Rex is here. You will only go by Rex because he does not want to be followed online. I don't need to say anything. Just, just, just say I want to be Cher or Sting. And, yeah, Rex is our history buff. He also has uh, done quite a few years. How many years in the UXO industry? Twelve. And, oh, yeah. And like myself, is a uh, Hollywood person. He's spent time in Hollywood. He's a producer and actor. So on to my brother, Russell. I call him our futurist. So we've got Rex, the history buff. Russell's the futurist, but most in regards to technology, he's looking at me funny because he doesn't think he is, but yet he's living in Web 3 world where the rest of us are still in Web 2. What does that mean? We'll get to it later in the podcasts. He's also a crypto expert and a current currency expert. Um, I don't know. And what we were just saying, he lives abroad quite a bit, a bit like myself. To my right, my bestie. Business bud, Matt, um, he's a chemist. He owns his own explosives company. He, uh, re- he, with the explosives company, he had a stint on Discovery, which I'm sure we'll talk on and off all about a lot, which was a very fake produced show, which got me into television producing, and I redid it much better. It's got the sizzle reel veil if anybody wants to see it. And um, Matt's not just your normal weapons guru guy. He's a hippie at heart. He likes hot springs, and uh, he even likes to acquire land in far-off places where no one knows about and create leadership camps for entrepreneurial skills. Myself, I moved to L.A. I was a TV host. Act. Oh, yeah, my name's Beth. Thank you, Rex. TV just host. Beth? Just Beth. <laughs> oh, Beth Hagendorf. Thank you, Russell. I do go by my if last name. you have a name. last name, it yeah. would be .tv. It's Beth.tv is my <laughs> website, but Beth Hagendorf, yeah, well, I'm the only one that gave my last name. Anyways, a TV host and an actress in L.A. got me into TV producing. Uh, then now I'm still signed, trying to sell a lot of TV shows. Meanwhile, I'm starting to produce stuff online, like, oh, my YouTube channel with uh, Beth Hagendorf. I talk all about spirituality, fun things like that. I love everything unseen, and now I'm starting to produce this podcast. That's us in a nutshell. So, um, I'm. oh yeah, I'm a sociology major, got an inquisitive mind. I like to be analytical, so I will facilitate the podcast. Keep us going with uh, questions. That's about it. So I got a chemist, explosives dude, my smart brother, and Rex who loves technology and history. <laughs> and I think you need to explain that... Uh what EUXO was. Yeah, that was oh, that yeah, well, point. y'all can do that now. I've talked enough. Y'all do. Unexploded ordnance. 
armies make up messes and we clean them up. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, proving grounds and bombs are shot. Things are exploded. Someone's got to go up behind it and make it safe. Again and that's non-military, right? Yeah, I mean, I just, UXO is non-military. Yeah, EOD yeah. would be Actually, in military. I think it's quite interesting to note that no one here is military, even though we probably have, everyone assumes that we have some type of military affiliation, or at least this guy does. Oh. Yeah, just, just I've worked uh, with a lot Texan. of them. <laughs> yeah. It, it doesn't take, all it really takes is a haircut to get that. Because when, when I have a fresh cut, I get, the, I get that question more. Well, you're also in shape. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere yeah. Matt Unfortunately, goes, if, you <laughs> if you have short hair and you have shape, you're in shape. You're in Thank military. you for your service. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've had people try to buy my meals, my drinks, and I'm like, no, no thank you. I mean, I appreciate, thank, but no. I mean, it's really awkward. Cause like, look, I was never in the military. I had a people, I had a guy chase me down in a parking lot once, say, "Sir, I just want to thank you for your service." I said, "Well, my service to myself. Uh, thank you." But <laughs> I hope you didn't ruin his. Day. What were you wearing you when that happened? With it, right. Uh, green pants and a white t-shirt. Which is what he wears every day. And my boots, yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he bought his first pair of jeans. Yeah, I'm wearing jeans he's right now. talking about it, that he has two pairs now. Aren't they That's uncomfortable? Awesome. Not these, actually. Uh, they're Levi's. I, they're, like, soft and worn in. And I actually like blue jeans if they're like this. I just can't stand a stiff blue, you know, yeah. pre-washed. Once you get away from jeans and get to like the stretchy pants, you never go back. Well, I, and I've got those, and it's just hard. It is, but well, you know, I like I'm, the James Dean look on my new electric bike. My new electric bike. James but I have Dean. found that I'm wearing jeans right now, which I rarely do. But they're stretchy jeans. Oh, we're dressed up for camera today. We brought out Sunday's best. Have you ever seen me wearing jeans? But, but they're not tight though. Right. No, no, no. But but like, like even the waist, I put what? the waist on. They like the waist stretches. I'm like these are jeans. Before, not to to rope us back into like a more <laughs> relevant topic. One thing I. You know, I, I kind of got your take on the Russia-Ukraine war, but just, is that still going on? But I actually did want to hear what Rex has to say, uh, just because you have a lot of historical knowledge about, like, how... Because, I mean, everything is, like... Basically, you got to go all the way back to World War II to get the full story of what's going on today, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, answer okay. that. Well, I was going to say, it also, again, brings me back to that military-industrial complex that I love how he explains. Because that Ooh. started in World War II. Well, well that's, I've, I mean, my voice. I mean, you're talking about specifically between Russia and, the U- and Ukraine? Well, which, um, I mean, I well, Germany, know. so my understanding is, did a part of Ukraine had to ally with Germany? And this is, and this, uh, this is why, I mean, Russia is calling Ukraine a bunch of Nazis. The reason they're trying to justify oh. this war is they're denazifying Ukraine. Well, yeah, Ukraine. As, as every political party calls the opponent Nazis. Everyone, Not, everyone I disagree with is Hitler. That's the... No, uh, that that's is, the, so, okay, what? so that is true mm-hmm. that in, like, uh, in the culture war, everyone mm-hmm. is calling their enemy Nazis. True, but what true. I'm saying is they're trying to say, like, they're actual uh, pockets of Nazis that are still there because they're... It, it is is it not history that they a portion of them allied with Germany Nazi Germany for and a Russia, time yeah. Russia should invade Argentina. Um, well, this is why I'm a history buff and not a historian. <laughs> I don't know. I do not know about the history of that. I, I'm just laughing because I love that you did ask me to be specific about that. No, no, absolutely He's not because a historian, a historian study. A I did the stuff I've been interested in. I mean, I, I know basically the vagueness of the fact that that. Uh, uh, I mean, those were all satellites. Russia buffed, buffered itself with all the countries around it. It took possession basically as a buffer between them and Germany in case they, in case they invaded again. So, but, uh, so I think a lot of thinking people in America have trouble trying to figure out who the good guys are. And the reason is because we just had two years of COVID where the media has been discredited. And now the media here in America is telling us, like, uh, especially like CNN fawning over uh, Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. Oh, and, and so, so if you're obvious. like, well, it's like whatever the media says, the opposite is it's true. Well, 100%. Yeah, right. So like a lot of people now like like that I know are thinking that the Russians are the good guys only because the media is so discredited. Um, but no, I think anytime someone says we're invading this country to get rid of Nazis, throw the BS flag. Just, just right there. Well, first off, the I mean, virtue signaling was so strong too. So yeah. immediately my red flags went up and I was like, okay, wait. What yeah. like you said overnight? It was just like Ukraine. All of a sudden, a country that no one's heard about, and I could say that because I've been there, guys. <laughs> but yeah, all of a sudden, the, anyway, it was just a hard virtue signal from the media, and then uh, you knew some, the narrative is. Well, I knew right away 
the military industrial complex was honestly i felt like it was because they couldn't get the billions out of the vaccine they had to switch quickly into something that could and the military industrial complex has been our go-to well, when are we going back to war well now we get all we the, went right away once like america happened. gets all the benefits of having a war by printing a bunch of money to fund weapons and the defense contractors without actually having to be in one and so you know they probably want to prolong this as long as they can and I think uh, supplying Ukraine with weapons is oh, the, the best, best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, no, it, it prolongs the war, though, and they're definitely like, they're not, you don't even hear anyone talking about peace agreements, which Absolutely. is scary. Like, well, yeah, I mean, that's they want what, that shooting going on over there, and we keep making the stuff for them over there, but we don't have to do it. But just, at least we don't have our we soldiers. We don't have a there. problem like, doing it's not like it. like Afghanistan though. again, where we're losing our soldiers. Well, okay, but we, don't, yeah, I mean, Afghanistan, Iraq, like, apparently we don't have a problem doing it, right? So it's. Well, I don't know. What about the scale? Uh, at, you know, th- this has the potential to turn into a lot of people. But yeah, isn't everyone backing up because of that? Yeah, I think so. Yes, we don't want it to be World War Three. It could be. Everyone, yeah, everyone mutually assured destruction. Mm-hmm. And what that means, yeah, I think that's why most people aren't in it because of the new. Well, the new numbers I'm seeing of dead Russians is up with, there. Yeah, surprising. Within yeah, it's big. Within four minutes, like if. I mean, there's no reason to doubt Russia doesn't have what they say they yeah. have with a nuclear submarine. I don't know if that's the correct term. Like, you know, off the coast of L.A., going to wipe out all major cities in America within four minutes. Yeah, but so to be clear, we did nuke war. It's basically like by humanity. But, but that doesn't mean Russia comes out unscathed. This is why it's yes. called mutually assured destruction. I'm Everybody only, dies. I'm the only one old enough here to remember the Cold War. Not to, I mean, it's, the fact of the matter is, is it was always, and, and, and as I pointed out to Matt, When's the last time a nuclear weapon was used in combat? World War II? Nagasaki. I mean, we've talked about this like it's just this instant thing. Go to the button, go to the button, go to the button. It's been Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and we've had them, and we've got them, but no one's ever used them. It's not like an easy thing to go to, I, it's, it's, and, and there's no winner if they do. What's crazy is when people think of nuclear weapons, yeah. they think of Nagasaki, do you realize the technological improvements we have oh. on nuclear weapons from them? Like, no comparison. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, a Nagasaki that? bomb is a detonator for a modern modern nuclear bomb. I mean, you need the Nagasaki bomb to cause the fission, which com- I mean, the fusion to create the fission, which then is like ten mega, twelve thousand tons as opposed to ten million tons of a modern. So when bomb. someone says tactical nukes, what does that mean to you? Something small. We yeah. need to be smaller than the Nagasaki. Well, bomb. they they do have a few uh, suitcase devices that. Or suitcase size, and I, I want to say, uh, some are missing. <laughs> so they don't know where they're at. From where? Who is they? Uh, well, it was Russia had them, we had them, and they're not accounted for. And I, by I say they, I mean the, the world knows what the world has. Mm-hmm. So we supposedly know how many nukes that Russia has. They know how many we have, and we collectively know how many of these suitcase bombs are out there. But it's like, okay, there's 10, and you've got two, and I've got five. There's there's some missing, right? So where are they? You don't know. I, I think, so I want to I ask, you don't believe in mutually assured destruction? I believe it's possible. I just don't think it's the knee-jerk. I mean, we were raised, the whole thing, the whole fear thing, growing up, it, it was right around the corner. It was right there. You Any minute, they were going to get us. And I just don't think it's that close. I don't, it's not, it's not. It's not those because they the ones that are going to push the button understand yeah. this is it. But so that's you, you wonder what if that guy's about to die? And this, he's got this, cancer. Th- so this has actually happened. Um, I've heard this story so many different times. But basically, uh, a, something on the radar triggered the a, a Russians. Uh, I think it was a submarine with a nuke that they were supposed to launch their weapon because of a command they got based on something on radar, like an incoming nuclear warhead coming i don't know what Mark there has five, been Mark close 10. calls yeah and the the commander of that ship stopped it actively said no we're not going to do that and then it, it ended up being like a false reading mm. and we and we didn't all go to war just because this one guy said no we're not going to go through with that wow yeah. no it's i that's... wish i wish I, had, I wish i could look that up right now but yeah <laughs> Wow. No, I mean, there has been close calls. I mean, was it, what was, uh, was it Hunt for Red October? The other one, uh, Crimson Tide, that was based on supposedly true 
a true a true. So can we can we rely on that every time for all of eternity? Well, but also they've also put in safeguards since then. For instance, submarine used to be submarine commanders had the supreme authority to do that. That is no longer the case. So so my question really is: if you look at the history of humanity and our behavior, especially if you consider like even native indigenous people, like we're fighting, we're we're fighting each other, right? Like they were, they were with bows and arrows, they were fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So like we've always fought. There's never been a time where human beings, tribalism didn't happen and we all grouped together and fought each other. So if you assume we continue to behave in this manner for a long enough period of time with the tech, with the tech, the weapons we have now, it's only a matter of time before like, uh, bam, we're like, it triggers like the major nuclear exchange well thank but god we at, have the aliens at right? least well no this is why elon's trying to get us off of earth and onto mars so oh, we have a backup of of um Wait, okay well, another thing i gotta i gotta throw this in there it just went away like a fart in the wind uh <laughs> years ago i was on a movie set uh we were geez it was a james franco movie the long home and uh i think it came out in the news then that they realized that the radiation levels on Mars were too high. Like they said, yeah, we're going to have to live underground for sure. Yeah. They said it's an extremely difficult engineering challenge. Yeah. I mean, no one's doubting that it's going to be hell. I wouldn't, I like, while I would want to go to Mars cause it would be like the most adventurous thing you could do ever. But like just taking into account how beautiful earth is relative to Mars, like, I don't well, you're think gonna be, be going to be underground. You're, you're laughing. Here. I don't think you realize, like, without our lifetimes, assuming we don't lose Elon, he's I, we're going re- Okay, look, I obviously, I've always said this before he was popular, before he was the richest man in the world from the Tesla stock. I've always wanted to marry him. My <laughs> bone to pick with Elon is that he's literally trying to be like, I'm going to save humankind, so I'm going to try to get us to live on another planet. But if we just look to our friends in the East, I'm like, okay, these people can levitate, astral travel, talk to people like a radio signal as a human body. So I just, I roll my eyes because the human body and the humans are s- capable of so much more. Like we could probably go we're, beam ourselves we, to live somewhere you, if we wanted to anyways, but missing, yet we don't care to you, explore you're that. You're missing the bigger picture of the inspiration of going to Mars and what that serves for humanity. Like look at us. It makes you proud to be a human. to Mars though, as a human, like without even needing a spaceship. Well, but That's the, what I think. For the few, like for people that, don't have that ability. They need something more tangible yeah, in this special. dimension. I know, and I guess that's, and I get the, the difference. I'm trying others. to do it like naturally through my own human abilities, whereas he's just trying to do it through technology. And I guess that's the separation but of if we were married and we had those <laughs> arguments in bed one night, that would be the type of crap we'd argue about. Cross I've actually table. messaged Cross that, that bridge when you come ago. to it. Okay, but back to um, just to interject real quick. Matt had mentioned like, well, the aliens would save us from the nuclear war. Since we recorded half our podcast and didn't, I don't know if we made the second recording, was part of that documentary we discussed. The aliens did commune with us saying, we would help you in the event of a nuclear war by trying to save your planet. Basically, they would make sure that Earth survives. I said, would they reduce it? They may not necessarily stop it completely. They may not, they be, yeah, they may not be able to stop it. Completely. Yeah. Okay, so... And, and also, I want to address something you said. I mean, yeah. We've been fighting each other with bows and arrows since day one. But, I mean, it used to be like, I shoot you with an arrow, I take your food. I mean, nukes is... I don't get anything out of it. We destroyed... I, we're gone. Yeah. So, that's, I think, I think it's the difference in that. my airy-fairy spiritual I stuff. I, and I was going to talk about this on a war show with you, Matt. Um, one of the, the monks in the ch- church would, had said, and, of course, I can't remember, but it was like an island off of the coast of France, pre-Jesus days... A guy owed another country one cent, and they went to war over that one cent for 80 years and lost like 55,000 or maybe more than that in lives of the war. And the moral of the story is it's, you didn't really go to war over the one cent. You went to war over your nation's karma. And Abraham Lincoln understood nation's karma and war more than anybody, and he gave an epic speech about it. We'll talk more about it on my spirituality channel when I have Matt as a guest on. We talk about why God permits war. I, and okay. just I, I disagree with your comment about like their <laughs> incentive sure, no to take their food because like I, I would argue that there's probably tons of cases where indigenous peoples were both well fed on both sides and still went to like fight each other. Just just tribalism, just territory. Yeah, big enders and little enders. So, so which travels. would which would be more indicative of what we're doing now? Well, sure. No, I just use food as an example. Like the fact of the matter is one person defeated the I mean one there's tribe a defeated the other tribe. 
there will be no winner in a okay. nuclear state. Okay, well then what I want to talk to you about is like uh, after, so let's say 500 years ago, what was the goal of invading another country? What was the outcome and what was what was the incentive? Well, there's, there's many different ones. Sometimes it was as simple as a king wanted a wife and wanted that specific one. That's and, what I was and, thinking. And, <laughs> but yeah. sometimes it was land or uh, wealth. I mean, there was there was always some incentive. Wealth for the country or wealth for the elite? Well, generally for the elite. I mean, they, yeah. they, they call for it, and, and then they, they whip up the, 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 the... Okay, so would you say in modern times, like, we invaded Iraq... Like we definitely didn't, you know, in Afghanistan. So we're not, we're no longer, it doesn't seem like we have the traditional incentives anymore to invade. Like, so why are we, why does one country invade another in 2022? Well, the spin on that is different. Usually it's for, for instance, Iraq. Well, I mean, the, well, well, there is oil. Well, no, no, no. See the fake weapons of mass destruction. The purpose is oil. I mean, that is, we were going, it was economic, but we had to protect, I I mean, um, Kuwait was why we started that originally. Oh, you're the right. cover story. Well, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. But it, yeah, of course, it's economic and it's about oil and 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 and. Uh, but then again, I guess Kuwait was taken over, was it not? I mean, so we did actually free Kuwait, but <laughs> then we stayed there for decades and decades, and we went back and got Saddam a second time, and and then of course in 2001 it was all about retribution for 9/11. What's about the whole Afghanistan business? But it was totally a revenge war. If we ever sure, I mean, God, it was so but obvious. As we, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, actually, keep going, Rex. Keep rewinding well, back because I'm going to have you explain to us. Well, you had how the military-industrial yeah. complex was born because we hear the word a lot, but no one ever really realizes. Like, I don't even think it's constitutional. Our forefathers, or whatever you call them, founding fathers, didn't even intend for us to have a, a military to this yeah. capacity, which we never did until World War II. And that was what it goes back to because the, the founding fathers feared a standing army because they knew a tyrant could use that army to subjugate the people. So that's why a well-regulated militia is in the Second Amendment. It's a militia of people and it's well-regulated. And it's, that's why the people get confused with the Define Second Amendment. Regulated by whom? Well, I mean... but The people or the government? By the people. But, but, the, ah, but, but, but the, people. The, the fact of the matter like is, is that the people, it says, I mean, being the people like the right to keep and bear arms, that's a whole other show, shall not be infringed. But the right, we need a militia, a but they need to keep an eye on the militia, because we want them under control. And and basically, it's the people having arms that can regulate the militia. But that's a whole other. Well, subject. and I want to throw okay, this out there too, because the word yeah. regulate words words over a couple hundred years tend to move around a little bit. Oh man, regulate uh, could be uh, you regulate yourself, mm-hmm. as in you're disciplined, you're training every day, you're. You know, the freedoms that they provided us or the freedoms that we have are not granted to us by a government. They're just recognized by the government. But in order to maintain those, it requires that we be disciplined mm-hmm. as individuals. That responsibility doesn't lay on some organization or somebody with a badge and a uniform. It's you as an individual taking pride in having discipline. And I think that that could go with regulated, that it is a, it is a militia that is well-regulated, well-disciplined. Uh, you, you don't just pass out a bunch of guns to people that are not disciplined. No. Because you do, what's going to happen? Ukraine. Chaos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but you've got an enemy right there. So what I'm getting at is, I always hear this gun control argument. We, don't, we can't get into that on this one. But they, uh, they make it sound like people that have never had guns are getting guns. We grew up with guns. Absolutely. They they were in the house as a child. Uh, my f- grandfather, great-grandfather, we have weapons that have been passed down from generation. We grew up with them. We have been disciplined with them since we were children. So that is well-regulated. It is not helter-skelter. We don't have guns just pointing everywhere, shooting holes in the roof, the chaos that people tend to believe when it comes to firearms. So when I hear that, that you should be have a well-regulated militia, uh, I, I'd really like to dig into that a little bit deeper because they will take that as, oh, regulated. See, government regulating yeah. it. Well, what is the point of a militia that defends the liberties, but it's regulated by the tyrant who takes your liberties? That but doesn't make any sense. But it's not. I mean, I think I've always taken the Second Amendment as two parts. A well-regulated militia, almost put, put, put in the word, unfortunately, necessary for the common defense. The people 
the, the shall not, I mean, the, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's almost kind of like they're the ones that are, are, like you said, self-regulating. And it doesn't say a standing military necessary for the common defense. Yeah. It says yeah. a militia. Well, that's the that's the armed populace. Are you, so we are you were able not to intended it? to have a military, mm-hmm. just a well-regulated we're, militia. We're, we're talking about the Second Amendment, and no one's actually quoted it. I, I, are you able to actually quote it? I think that's pretty much, isn't it? A well-regulated, mili- a real well-regulated militia necessary for the common defense, comma, the people. The right of, of the, the people the to people keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, most it's people don't simple. know that You at guys all. are yeah. true Texans. I'm Absol- so impressed. Absol- we're Americans. But anyway, oh, I wasn't. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on the tangent. But what? What we're, what's we're, the eleventh amendment? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't. Well, they don't matter after two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number one is you can say anything you want because we got guns. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Inside jokes don't one go over so good. well. Yeah. I don't even get it. No one else is. <laughs> well, well that's not really inside joke. What? Uh, we all we all know the first and second amendment. After first, that, it's just kind of like. Oh, oh I got it. Yeah, I got it. The eleventh amendment. Say what you want. So I, I want to bring us up to how we basically birthed the military-industrial okay. complex, which well, I believe is the reason that we've had so many, I mean, wars, the nastiest. Well, the example I was going to say was that after every war, we would disband the military. We would build up a military, disband the military. Be, give them go to the, the, the Spanish-American War in, in 1898. You ever, you've all heard of, of, of Teddy Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. The Rough Riders was a band that he financed of his own resources and put together. It wasn't like even military. It was like, hey, let's get together and go fight for the country. Yeah. It was that kind of a casual thing. And then World War One, we were very weak, but we built this huge army, and then we defeated Germany over in Europe. Well, not alone, but we were the we were the ones that 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 went over and did it. But then after we dis- we disbanded so much that within a short span between 1918. And, and then uh, 36. No. Well, well, 39 is when it began. But we were when the war started, we were 19th in the world militarily. That's how Amen. far down we were. Let that sink in, everybody. Yeah, we Let it 19th. sink in because wait till you see where we're at now. Well, that's 19th the thing. in the world. So, but once the war started, which is why I, UXO, primarily what we cleaned up now was World War II stuff. And that was because we just took millions of acres of land and built this massive army, the biggest, our most powerful army in the world in four years. But for the first time in our history, we didn't disband it when the war ended. Because it's a moneymaker. Well, see, that's the thing. Everyone yeah. says, what got us out of the Depression? It wasn't the New Deal policies. It yeah. was World War II. Where they pumped all the... And they went... Women crap. were working in the munition factories. Everybody said, had a purpose and a I, cause yeah, to I get behind. That narrative. Well, which one? The New Deal or the, or the World that War That we II? tax people and then put it into... Un, like unproductive things like making weapons and then somehow that got us out of an econo- a bad economic situation. Well, it, it, it's like it had certainly had the appearance to. We certainly boomed and then yeah. came the halcyon and wealthy days of the 50s. But the fact is they've said, hey, you know what? If we keep ourselves at war all the time, we're always going to be making all this money. Well, it, printing money from and taxing us. So I think it's important to note. So we never disbanded our military after World War II. And now, and, and we've made fo- made sure there was always at least something. There was there was Korean War, then came Vietnam, and then there's little little bits, little respites. Yeah, and then there's always something to go on to go fight. Well, because it's, of this narrative, also we're like, anytime we have a recession, we're like, oh man, we need a war because that fixes everything. <laughs> well, that's what that's Actually, what they do. I'm going to pull up what our current. Um, I had it in my notes from another video I made. Our current war budget. I think it's. Because Biden just upped another 10%. But you take the next 11 countries or 10 countries, add them all together, you're still nowhere near what we're spending now. Yeah, you're and, pretty... And pl- the best thing anybody can do is go to Rand Paul's ev- Evictus reports, and you'll see, I think we wasted $52 billion last year of our taxpayers' money, and it's on, like, ridiculous things. Like, one year they had, like, lizards on the treadmills. The next year they actually did fish on treadmills. And you think I'm joking, but like Babylon B does excellent like Q and A's on did we really spend our money on this? And it's insane. We actually are spending money on like the most ridiculous just ran- things. random thing to throw in here. Yeah. I just saw, uh, I think Joe Rogan put it up uh, in the news today. Four men arrested for <laughs> I don't even know how you do this. Four men arrested for raping uh, uh, an endangered monitor lizard, and then. Uh, Killing it and eating it. Have you ever seen the asshole of a lizard? How do you do that? How do you know it was might have been a female lizard? Okay, the vag of a lizard. (laughs) Have you ever seen one? I can't say it's ever looked any better. It's it's not going to work. 
What um, it, it could have been oral. Oh. <laughs> But what? No, you know, right, we do just need I, to go to nuclear war. And I get think this I over got with. Our, our war budget. We don't deserve to live. Just to bring it back, we our war budget each year, guys, is seven hundred and fifty billion dollars, and I mm-hmm. think the next country is fifty billion. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I just need one. So I don't know. I, my safety isn't that important to me. Like I actually would rather be like, oh, sorry, we're unarmed. We're like the days when we were with Indians. We got some guns. We got some militia. And we're going to war. Like, I would much rather us not spend yeah. $750 billion. I wouldn't even, I just don't even want to spend more. Like, life isn't that bad. Like, if we went off to war, we had some crummy put-together army, I'd be just fine with it. Of well, course, I am female not, saying this. It's yeah. not about yeah. You're going to be out there with us? And I am one of those traditional <laughs> girls, too. I don't Well, we could call in an airstrike, but uh, we have a bow and arrow. Uh, I guess this is it, Beth. Anyway. Didn't mean to get off so off topic, but yeah, the, how, what's the, our time the right industrial now? complex thing just really Close. grinds me. All right, let's. Uh, yeah, so actually, just sixty-eight minutes because. But we're at uh, we're at five after. Yeah, eight thirty-five. Sixty-eight recorded minutes. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah. So the show's only an hour long minutes. right now. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we ought to like put the landing gear down. Let's wrap. All right. Well. Yeah, we covered aliens. once again. I don't have any cool outro music. I'm still in the middle of hiring epic. Music artists off Fiverr. I mean, that kind of oh, sums yeah, up the topics up the today. Show. A lot of the conspiracy stuff. We need the nuclear. Part. All right. Oh yeah. So let's uh, talk about where we, you could follow uh, Rex nowhere. He doesn't need you or wants you following him. Russell. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. That's my Web two platform of choice. Russell Hagendorf, spelled the same as her last name. Yeah. No relation. Actually, I'm glad you brought up Web two. So we do plan to stream these shows eventually live. We'll be on Web two and Web three. So all you geeks out in the future on Web three, we're going to join you there. Um, and you could stream us biddies and satoshis while we're talking. <laughs> oh, Matt, that's good. I, d- I was saying kind of a quite snobby statement. I'm glad you muted me, Matt. Where can people find I, you? I didn't. And I didn't you? mute you. Oh, okay. I was turning the volume up of our. I was leaving. <laughs> Russell's got to go potty. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> right. See you, buddy. Um, what, Matt? Impresario Camp on Instagram. All right. And ImpresarioCamp.com. Yeah. So Impresario Camp is a location out in West Texas, about 25 miles north of Terralingua. And we have a Quonset hut out there that we've converted into a lodge. Doesn't take a lot of people. It'll hold about 16 folks. And uh, you can rent it for anything you want. And apparently after this podcast, you can rent it to uh, commune with aliens if you like. <laughs> I will give you everything you need. Yeah, you could. Um, you can find me, all of my handles on all of social medias, Web2 and Web3 is Beth Hagendorf. And my website's beth.tv. I'm not wearing a retro shirt, but you could support me by buying any of my cool retro tees. I'll continue to pump out designs probably one a week. They are all um, spiritual-based, and uh, I've got some cool bombs, bombs away, bombshell, weapon-based kind of merch as well, just because I hang out with these guys. I don't actually really enjoy shooting guns that much, contrary to the image I project online. Well, we don't either. We don't have time for it. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. You talking about edits? <laughs>